0: we are back baby we are back we are back you are looking live
1: we get after it you know we jabber jaw we go tit for tat we have our little differences let's get funky like a monkey and here we go hello and welcome to the moose and runes podcast this episode 58 of the pod a playoff edition we got NHL, we got NBA, Game 7's galore. Now we're in the finals in both cases as well. What we saw, what we expect to see, joined now by Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. Plenty to get to today, Matt. We got some hijinks on the diamond as well to talk. Some big uh, some big golf news, big tournament this weekend at Jack's Place. So uh, let's, let's dive right into it. Uh, forewarning here. No buy or sell today, but we have a bevy of mailbags just like we asked for from you guys. So we're gonna hit a ton of mail bag at the tail end of the pod today. Matt, how we feeling?
0: Joe, I'm just I think I'm more impressed by anything that you knew what number podcast we were on. That's the first time I think that's happened. In like, yeah, I I, like I feel like probably have ten to episodes. Or so you, you you think for a couple seconds, confirm I with me. I usually have to
1: ask. I, have I to confirm s- with
0: you. I usually stall because I saw,
1: yeah you stall, and that doesn't make me feel good about it. So well, I, I always guess, have. I
0: always have the SoundCloud page. That tab is pretty much always open on my computer, so I don't have to keep you know, logging mm-hmm. and reopening. So I usually just look up and see whatever the last episode was, and then I just I lost track
1: after fifty-eight. So yeah. I'm not responsible for anything until sixty. Like I I'm responsible for. So each you 10. just
0: so you're just not responsible. Responsible for the next one. So yeah, you just no, said I'm not responsible. I'm only responsible. I'm not responsible past 58, and not again until 60. So, okay, yeah, you can have the week off of not knowing what next week's podcast is. Thank you. I You're appreciate welcome. that. I people, s- I'm, I'm a giver.
1: We're we're clear. We're, we're free and clear now when it comes to uh, when it comes to the ranking of podcasts. But here we are. As we said, episode 58. Matt, let's kick things off. On the NBA side, uh, a little hardwood talk here. Game 7 last night, Rockets versus Warriors. A great game, a bit predictable in the outcome, a bit predictable in the how we got to the outcome. Uh, in, the la- in game 6 and 7, the Rockets extend leads of 17 points and 15 points respectively, and they still can't find a way to hold on the Warriors' third quarter push a bit too much. Uh, they're just a team that looks like, you know, it, it's super dangerous to live this way, to play this way, to to turn to try and flip the switch at a certain point. But the Warriors have successfully flipped the switch on numerous occasions during this playoff run.
0: You know, I, I hate that term. So it's, it's so often used in sports with teams like that, that flip the switch term. And mm-hmm. being, you know, fans of a team like the Blackhawks, I think we've seen, you know, we, we've seen that kind of thrown around the last few years back when they were kind of good and winning all those cups, you know. We always wondered if they could flip that switch, and I don't usually believe in that, but the Warriors, and I guess to the Blackhawks to some extent too, but the Warriors really do, I think, show that they have that switch, and it's rare that teams Absolutely. actually do have it. One thing I will say, you said that you know these, these two games kind of went the way we thought they would, and while I think we got the results we thought they would, I thought in both game sevens, they, I mean, they did start out going the way I didn't think they would with the underdog mm-hmm. kind of controlling the place. And both of those teams, I don't want to say the word choke, but both just kind of choked. I mean, but Boston, I thought, was the better team throughout, you know, early on in Game 7. And then they're individually, they just kind of choked. And obviously, Cleveland had the better individual player. Golden State got the better kind of individual performances from, from Steph and, and KD. but. The Rockets had them on the ropes, they kind of just let them back into it. The Celtics had them on the ropes, they let them back into it. I I kind of yeah, expect to going into those Game 7s to see teams like the Warriors, teams like uh, Dominate. Le- I'm not going to say teams like the Cavs, I'm going to say teams like LeBron uh, just flip the, <laughs> flip the switch from right away. But in that see, Game 7 Sunday, LeBron, well, he ended up with a really nice game. Don't get me wrong, fantastic game, double-double, I think it's 35-15-9. He was fantastic. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the start to finish. Dominance. It wasn't start to finish. He, he picked up steam when Boston started, you know, losing steam. He he started out slow. He wasn't hitting everything, and obviously the same thing with Golden State. They looked disinterested early on, and both yeah, of these yeah, teams, could, these underdogs, had chances to put him away, and they just flat out choked. I don't. Yeah, I, I hate say, throwing out the word, but they choke. choked. You
1: could you could say it was a choke, or you could it could boil down to a couple other things. In my eyes, those were the two teams with more experience weathering a storm and coming through in the second half of games. Did those two teams in the Celtics and the Rockets struggle from three-point range at historic rates in the second half, both of them? Yes, absolutely. That did not help their cases, but it's also a product of how you play the game. We can rag on James Harden as much as we want and call him not clutch, call him this, call him that, call him a regular season player, whatever you want to say. He disappeared in the second half yesterday. I don't think that's a product of a clutch gene or not. I think that's a product of dribbling the ball a thousand times a game. It's hard not to get tired playing iso ball for 48 minutes. You can't expect to beat a team with the depth of the Golden State Warriors by playing that way. Are you going to maybe steal a game here or there from them playing that way? Probably, as they did. But James Harden can't be expected to carry that load for 48 minutes and have fresh legs with Five minutes left on the clock. It's just not possible if he's playing forty of those forty-eight
0: minutes. I don't disagree with you there. But I guess if we might be talking about a whole different storyline right now if Chris Paul doesn't screw up his hamstring and play into that game. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe we aren't. And I know Harden felt the need to take that load, and I, I know he was, you know, getting tired down the stretch, especially in Game Six, too, carrying, you know, carrying most of the weight throughout that as well. Basically, since Paul went down, but at the same time the great ones figure out a way to get through that and I know the way they play the style they play isn't all that conducive to doing it I know it takes a lot out of them it's very taxing and outside of Eric Gordon I mean he didn't have much help I know Clint Capella was 9 of 10 from the field last night but I don't think he put up a shot from you know, outside the, the semi-circle next to the basket mm-hmm. there um, he, he didn't get much help but at the same I mean, the, the great ones figure out a way to do it LeBron didn't get much help in game 70 I don't want to compare James Harden to LeBron because they're not the same player but to the Rockets, I mean James Harden is there. LeBron, he's going to be the MVP this year. You kind of got to figure it out and two of thirteen from three. And what he didn't make a three in the second half. That's right. Yeah, I don't yourself. care. I don't care how tired you are, Joe. He had open looks. You have to knock down shots. Yeah, and I, and well, I know like these guys aren't used to being there. James Harden a little bit more is. I mean, he hadn't been to the Western Conference Finals Game Seven, but he's played in the you know fair share of big playoff games he still has to make those shots. And just because you're not as used to playing in those games as the Warriors or the Cavs and LeBron doesn't mean you didn't kind of choke a little bit. You can learn from these experience and hopefully he does. He hasn't really seemed to yet, but both of those teams, both of those home teams in game seven, I thought for lack of a better word, choked their games away. In situations
1: where Harden would disappear at the end of games, that's where Chris Paul really came in and picked up the slack. Mm-hmm. That's where, Chris Paul made himself most visible, so I do think it would have been a different outcome if Chris Paul was available for both games six and six and seven. Houston might not have won, the Warriors, but they might have been like uh, I don't know that the Warriors would have taken both of those games from them. Oh, I'm not say, really I'm not
0: disagreeing. I'm not saying they wouldn't have or would have. I'm just saying I, they're not blowout games. I know last night was you know nine or whatever it was, but with two or three minutes left, the game is pretty much decided. I don't think, yeah. I think both of those games are games that you know come down. Prob- to the Houston probably does get one. But yeah. more or less, they, they both are games that come down to the wire. None of them are blowouts.
1: And on the other side of it, too, you got to look at the Warriors and them. They really haven't put, even in that 41-point win, they really haven't put together a full 48 minutes of basketball. No. If they do, no one can even contend with them. I don't care LeBron, James, or otherwise. If they find a way to flip that switch from minute one, well, they're going to be raising back-to-back trophies three and four years, and uh, we're going to be having the dynasty conversation. But let's not get ahead of ourselves here. But speaking of getting ahead of ourselves, they're already talking about LeBron to Houston in the offseason. Yep. I, I don't see LeBron going anywhere. They got to re-sign Chris Paul. And if Chris Paul takes a little hometown discount, I think they said he's got to take somewhere around uh, a 24 or $27 million starting salary to make room for LeBron James. Goodness Would they have to get rid to, of anybody to take else? take that sort of pay cut. Um, they have... Zero dollars in cap space right now, but okay I three guys that need to be signed in. I want to say it's Paul, Capella, and Ariza, maybe? I don't I know. I So you let one Ariza walk guys, if that's
0: the case. But Clint Capella is going to get paid, though, too. And that, Clint yeah. Capella is a huge part of what they do. Yeah, so we will see what what
1: happens in that vein, but uh, still a championship to be played. Uh, it should be a good one, Cavs Warriors can, Part Four. can we talk G- about
0: the other Game Seven too, just for a little bit before we move on? Because I had some stuff Boston, that I was writing down Boston that bothered Cleveland? me a little bit in that one.
1: Yeah, well, why don't you go ahead and well, first that.
0: off, I, LeBron was fantastic, and he uh, we said this thirty five. I'm looking at the box score now, 35, 15 and nine. Great game. He didn't win that game, though, in my opinion. The, the Boston Celtics. If you look, I was looking at their box score. Jason Tatum, I thought, was the one Celtic who had a fantastic game. He had 24-7. He was 9-17 of from the field. He didn't take a shot in the last six minutes of of that game. I I don't know if that's on him. I don't know if that's on Brad Stevens. But the the guys who were putting up the shots were Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart, who were combined 7 of 52 from the field. And I believe it was 3 of 26 from 3. And they didn't get the ball to Jason Tatum for a shot once in the last six minutes. And that, for me, I was watching that game. I was sitting, me and my brother were watching the Lake House. I think I brought it up a couple of times. Like, how is Jason Tatum not getting the ball? He absolutely took over that game from parts of it. he He's starting to look like maybe the next superstar in the league, and maybe even with Kyrie and Gordon Hayward on that team, the future go-to guy. I don't know how your best player, and he was absolutely their best player, did not get the ball, especially with Rozier and Brown and such shooting funks. That just and, and I can't him.
1: believe I can't believe that that was by design because Brad Stevens. But at the same time, has like, put them with, in every position to succeed.
0: I, I agree, and Brad, uh, this I'm, and this isn't as much. I'm not trying to knock Brad Stevens here because th- getting this team to Game Seven against LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals with that roster without their two best players is a fantastic coaching job. There's really no other way to put it. But you know, if it's the last three minutes, four minutes where Jason Tatum isn't getting the sh- isn't getting the shot, isn't getting the ball, that's fine. But if there's six minutes left and he doesn't get one shot up, and I, I believe I looked at that right, looking through the play-by-play uh, of that game, that's something that you know you have timeouts, you have ways to draw plays for people, get people open. You need to do that because he was the one person, maybe Al, Al Horford too, had a fine game. But you know Tatum was the one guy who was executing, who was really capable of taking over that game, and he just they kind of let him go away in the last six, and that for whatever yeah. reason bothered me.
1: The, you know, you make a good point, but I refute the idea that LeBron didn't win that game. When you're so, uh, that's LeBron, right. you know, that's, LeBron that's, James, LeBron James has been has done nothing but reach expectation throughout his entire career from being an 18 year old uh, highly sought after, or whatever you want to call it not recruit but highly sought after NBA prospect, and then coming into the league. Meeting expectation, exceeding it, winning championships. His whole storyline up till now, he's been, he's done nothing but exceed and meet expectation. The expectation in this game seven was for him to go out there, score 30 plus points and send his team to the finals. He did that. He doesn't guess- have to, it doesn't have to be the buzzer beater moment. He already had that earlier this, earlier this play, uh, earlier in the playoffs in, in games where we were already writing him off in the first round, in the second round.
0: No, that's that's a fair way of putting it. And maybe I worded it the wrong way, but I think you see what I'm getting at here. Is this wasn't as much. This was as much Boston giving it away yeah, as much as yeah, it was LeBron taking it. This wasn't the epic Game Seven takeover where you know start to finish he wasn't losing this game. There were several chances, despite and again LeBron was great. Despite how great he played, there were several chances for Boston to go out and take this one, and they just couldn't do it. They they couldn't execute down the stretch. I think really the moment was over. I think uh, Marcus Marcus Morris is the one on the Celtics, right? His brother's Marquis, mm-hmm. I think. He, had, he, he made the first three th- free throw, missed the second. They were down three. They got the rebound. So the Celtics had two wide-open threes to tie it with, like, four minutes left, and they clanked both of them. And then I think Cleveland went down, got an n one on the other end, but that for me was when it was over. But that's all I'm saying is is LeBron, as much as he won it, Boston equally lost it, I guess, if that makes yeah. any sense.
1: It's... Uh... Regardless of the fact um, we're looking at, as we said, Warriors Cavs Part Four. Uh, everyone a little bit jaded to it, uh, uh, getting a little tired of the matchup. It has a little, it has a new uh, a new luster for myself this year. Speaking from a selfish standpoint, so uh, not not uh, not too uh, not too pissed off about this one. It'll be a fun one to watch uh, up close. But um, where do you see this series going? Because the Cavs come in. As the biggest underdog in 16 years, I was looking at it. Braun is an underdog in his seventh, seven of the nine finals LeBron has been to. He's been the underdog. Um, where, where do you see this one going?
0: I mean, I, I think I see it the same way everybody does. There's a good chance LeBron has a game and, and gets them one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, I, even Golden State played disinterested at times against Houston, and they still won games, and I think Houston was a better team. Obviously, than Cleveland, Um, and they were still able to win. Most they won that series. I, I I see them taking this in five. I I think Cleveland gets one at home. I don't think LeBron allows himself to get swept. But there's just nothing there outside of him. I mean, Kevin Love's going to be coming back from a concussion. Um, Might have a night where Korver catches fire. I don't think you're going to rely on Jeff Green to have 19 and eight every game like he did against Boston in Game Seven. I mean, Tr is probably going to have a nice game. but If you catch the Warriors on a night, like you said, when they are
1: disinterested and that matches up with LeBron having a night, I don't put anything beyond LeBron James in carrying this team as far as he already has. I I don't put anything beyond him. Do I think that the Warriors end up winning this series? Absolutely. But, um, you know, despite the rematch and having to watch these two teams play in the finals again, I think this year was different because we did see – decks on both sides in the Eastern and Western Conference. We saw you doubt
0: have. in both teams getting there. It's a, yeah, we you you saw have. legitimate doubt that either team would make it.
1: You have talented suitors in the 76ers in the Cleveland or in uh, pardon me, in the Boston Celtics uh, if Toronto can ever figure out how to get over the hump, nope, that's another won't. good team on that side. You have the Houston Rockets now who look like they want to be part of an arms race in the offseason. There are talented teams. A, a Pelicans team who, with the addition of Boogie Cousins, could have been a real problem for the Golden State Warriors. So there is depth league-wide. These two teams are just showing that they are still a little bit better than the competition. And I think that the league uh, is moving towards parity it might not look like it with the with the fourth consecutive matchup in the finals here but I think that there is more parity than it might appear right now in the NBA
0: yeah this is the first time in three years that we actually like I, the yeah, Warriors like I said like 16 and yeah. one last year that's not the case exactly we actually thought yeah. <laughs> they I mean they were down three two we thought they might not be going and same thing with Cleveland so it, it was good Matt, to see it, some depth and hopefully we Continue to see that those teams you mentioned can kind of take the next steps and maybe even challenge them further. Matt, are you eating breakfast right now? Or are you? No, I had, an, I had an ice cube in
1: my mouth. An ice cube. Okay. Yeah. I don't buy it. I was, well,
0: I was drinking an ice coffee. And a little, <laughs> little ice cube got in my mouth.
1: Uh, so, so you made your prediction. You said uh, Warriors and five. I'll say Warriors and
0: five. And if I can find I'll that say, prop, if I can find that prop, then I'm going to take it. I'll say Warriors and six.
1: Just to, you know, maybe maybe there's a night that uh, they fall asleep and, like you say, they're a little bit disinterested because that has been. That has been their biggest opponent this year has been themselves and staying engaged. I mean, you had Steve Kerr in the middle of the season, letting them coach themselves, try and keep them engaged. There, are different, um, uh, there have been different things to happen throughout the year that have really signified a team that is, um, I don't want to say going through the motions because uh, they know what they need. I think it's a team that knows what it needs to do to be successful and raise a trophy at the end of the year, and they're doing just that much.
0: Can I, can I say one thing, too, about this Warriors team? The more I watch them, this is probably the most I've watched them in a while because, you know, last year, like we said, it was pretty much all set in stone there going to the finals. Uh-huh. The more I watch the Warriors, the, Warriors, the more I absolutely love Klay Thompson as a player. He yeah. is so much fun to watch. He has such a quick release, and it seems like every time he has a big, important shot that he puts up, it goes down. He yeah, seems like he is great. as, you know, Steph and KD are obviously great. They're they're better players, and, and th- there's no doubt about it. But the pure shooting ability from Clay Thompson is one of the more fun things to me and wa- to watch in, in all of basketball at this point.
1: And I think it was really important yesterday. He takes those three fouls in the first, whatever it was, four minutes of the game. Yeah, uh, has to get he gets put on ice for, whatever it was, twelve minutes, fifteen minutes. Sat until the tail end of the second quarter came in knocks down a clutch three in a watershed moment I think to get it back to single digits like he's Mm -hmm. just he's always ready and and we've talked about it before on the podcast he doesn't need to be in that a one role because he knows that he can come off be a compliment still drop 30 27 whatever it may be and and have just a big of an impact on the game as KD or Steph do in, in putting up 35 a game
0: yeah totally
1: yeah yeah, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, as I said, Warriors in six, you got Warriors in five. Neither of us giving LeBron um, any benefit of the doubt, just more doubt than benefit, I, I guess. think. Let's, I think uh, the
0: fact that we're giving him a win says we are giving him a win. <laughs> <laughs> respect, respect, respect.
1: Uh, Matt, let's uh, take it from the hardwood to the ice. Ooh. It was uh, an action-packed game one, but before we talk about a the Stanley fun Cup... game one. Before we talk about okay. the Stanley Cup finals, I need you to bend the knee and tell me I was right about this Washington Capitals team in a Game 7 situation.
0: Bend the knee. Oh, I won't bend the knee. Bend Um, the knee. I will will tell you your prediction was more accurate than mine. Bend the Um, knee. In my defense, this has been the most (laughs) bizarro NHL year possible. Uh, we yeah. have an expansion well, and, and team against why, the Washington was Capitals. I said, this is a different, this is a, cap, this is a Caps team with a different
1: vibe. You had to, you got to just feel. Well, it's just, not just a Caps team
0: that. with a different vibe. It's an NH, it's an entire league with a yeah. different vibe. Yeah, we were on a different frequency this year, I guess. Yeah, I, 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 I misconstrued I that. I didn't that quite frequency. see it, because you did. And I, I will. Bend the knee. I will not bend the knee. Bend the knee. I will not bend the knee. You were right on that <laughs> one. I will give you a credit. Credit okay. where it's due. But we both um, know but, who the king is.
1: In that game seven, though, um, we're, obviously you were surprised by the outcome, but what um, what did you see out of the Washington Capitals that let you know not only they were a serious contender, a team that could make waves, uh, but a team that could possibly hoist the Stanley Cup was, in two weeks' time?
0: It was the quick start on the road. I, I, I They'd been doing it all playoffs, and the fact, you know, in a pressure-packed situation when I – mean, everything was on the line. They came out, and I think Ovechkin scored in what the first minute of that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then for me also, uh, Braden Holtby. He wasn't great last night, but um, if you remember, he didn't start games one or two against Columbus, and they Mm -hmm. lost those two, and and he was uh, reinserted into the lineup games three and four, and kind of since then, he's been absolutely fantastic. He's been playing out of his mind. Because what Marc-Andre Fleury has been doing has been so good, I think a lot of the times you, you... The people under him, the other goalies throughout the league get a little bit overshadowed, and especially in Washington with how good Ovi's been, and that's kind of the main story there. People are overlooking how good Braden Holtby's been in between the pipes for them.
1: Yeah, It it definitely was an outstanding performance, and then you get game one last night where neither goalie looked like they could find any rhythm, but that's That's game one and game seven. I mean, we saw it in game seven between the Rockets and Warriors, just a bit of helter skelter off the bat and no one really playing their game. And I think that applies to any sport game one, game seven. There are different types of nerves, different types of energy out there. Uh, 10 goals combined. Wasn't it six to four? Six to four with an empty net. So I really expect this to settle down. And these two teams to in game two through six, let's call it assuming that it goes that far. Um, I really expect it to be a little bit more of what we saw in the playoffs leading up to this moment. I think that yesterday was an outlier of sorts, the type that you get in a game, one of the Stanley Cup finals.
0: See, I was going to go the other way. Usually you see in these game ones, a series, you 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 tend to see a little bit more of a feeling out process early on. I think in hockey more so than other sports, you, you kind of tend to see, you know, the lower scoring game because both teams kind of come out a little bit slow. Like I said, more feeling out process. I actually I don't think everything every game is going to be 6 to 4 because I think both goalies are a lot better than that. Um, yeah. But with the amount of chances that the, these teams generate with the amount of speed they play with and the amount of depth 1 through 4, you know, throughout those lineups, I think you're going to see a little bit of a higher scoring series even with how good both of these goalies have been just because of how good both of these offenses are and how many chances they generate with their speed. Obviously there's a chance that both goalies stand on their head because they're both really good goalies. They're both world-class goaltenders. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think you're going to see a lot of high-paced, you know, fast-action type hockey. And it, I, I think last night was an indicator again. I don't think it's going to be six to four every night, but I think you're going to see a lot of you know quicker, high-speed action like that.
1: Yeah, and I, I really think that last night, despite the Caps losing, they looked good. They looked really good. They looked like. The better team in what I saw,
0: you yeah, that that's that's kind of been Vegas's thing throughout a lot of these playoffs. I mean, it, they were better than LA, no doubt about that. Yeah. San Jose at times looked like the better team, but Vegas found ways to win. Winnipeg in games one through four was the better team. Vegas found a way to win, you know, three of those games. So that, that's kind of what they've done. They've played fast. They've they've been maybe outplayed a little bit, but not by much. And they've taken advantage of all their opportunities. And, and there's they, they've made the big plays when they've had to, and they're okay with being outplayed the majority of the game, the somewhat most of the game, if they're able to convert on their chances.
1: Yeah. I, I just think that in the with the entire series taken into mind and, and what it takes to win a Stanley Cup, well, obviously it's just four games, and Vegas is a game closer right now than the Caps are. I still think the Caps win this thing. I still think that, um, that their complete package, their complete product, uh, shines through over the next couple weeks, and uh, they, if they get any sort of goaltending effort, I think that that they end up winning this this series it,
0: again. I don't think there's any with how weird, how upside down this NHL season, yeah. especially playoffs. Have been, really I'm not surprised. sure there's an yeah. There's not an outcome that can surprise me. I've picked against Vegas the entire way, so I feel like now if I do pick <laughs> Vegas, obviously it's going to go the other way. Um, mm-hmm. But I've been proven wrong by them so many times this playoffs that I, I kind of think they're just going to keep figuring out a way. They have so much yeah. depth throughout that lineup, and while they don't have those top-tier names like Alexander Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom, they got three goals from their fourth line last night. Three yeah. goals from their fourth line. Like that's like when the Blackhawks were winning Stanley Cups, they the were able stuff, to roll yes. four lines. They had you know three scoring lines, and their fourth line was a checking line that was still really good. And they didn't really have to worry as much about playing matchups. They, obviously, they picked the ones they liked, but they weren't you know, doing whatever they could to make sure this line was out against this one. They were just kind of rolling their four, and that's what Vegas is able to do. And the team, Washington's able to do it to a certain extent, too, but Vegas is just so good, so deep, and so fast throughout that lineup. I think they'll figure out a way to win. Also because, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury figuring out a way to beat Alexander Ovechkin one more time, I just I think is a, is a great storyline. But <laughs> It's just a, a solid storyline. I think it's going to be a long series, and if it's not a long series, I think all these games are going to be close, obviously. In close games, anybody can win. Vegas might end up winning, you know, four or five or the other way around, but I think these mm-hmm. are all going to be fun, close games that come down to the wire.
1: Matt, we're going to dedicate the next few minutes of the pod to uh, to fringe play, and we're going to start by talking about the hit on March uh, okay. Well, what, that wasn't a fringe what?
0: play. That was a dirty play.
1: It was. It was very. It dirty. wasn't it was fringe. Very dirty. Uh, what uh, What do you think that the requisite um, punishment should be on that one? You
0: know, I, I the way the NHL has kind of been going about this. I mean, I haven't. I've been on Twitter much this morning, so I haven't seen if there is um, mm-hmm. a you know a, a hearing or whatever scheduled. I, I wouldn't be shocked if you got a game. I, I know. I they're think it very deserves the game. I, 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 I agree. I know they're very hesitant in the playoffs and especially the Stanley Cup finals to suspend a game, especially a guy like Tom Wilson, who, you know, skates on the first yeah. line and, and all that. But he's got a history, and that that was bad. That was really late. It was out of nowhere. That thankfully, you have to
1: look at who the victim is. Yeah, I mean,
0: is their goal scorer. Marchesau is their tase. If, yeah. if
1: that's if that's uh, Scotty Hartnell running Patrick Kane, there better be a game involved.
0: Yeah. You know? and thankfully, Marchesau is okay. I know he went through the concussion protocol. I believe he came back and he, he's fine. But that was bad. I, it, it's a Stanley Cup Final game. You never want to have to suspend a guy, but I think he's got to miss a game. I, I really do. That was. It was blatant. It was pretty much out of nowhere. I believe Marceau got rid of the puck like three seconds before it happened. It mm-hmm. was it was not good. I think he deserved a game.
1: Yeah, I agree too. We I wouldn't even match. call. Like I
0: said, I wouldn't call it fringe. I think that was just that was dirty. I was trying to work us into our next conversation. I know you the were. I saw where you're going.
1: The fringe slide of Anthony Rizzo that we need to get to now. Uh, he obviously made some made some headlines yesterday. Uh, Joe Madden stuck behind his players said that's how we teach it. That's how. That's how they should be teaching it at the Little League level. The catcher needs to clear the line there. Now, I think it's important to understand that we only had a view of it with a skewed angle. We don't have the down-the-line look at it. There's not a camera straight down the line. The camera angle that we got to see of of Anthony Rizzo coming didn't into look the good. plate didn't look good. It, it looked like he... It looked like it was late, and it looked like he hung his legs a little bit too far up the line. Now, that catcher does need to clear the area, but the difference between breaking up a double play at home, which is extremely rare, and breaking up a double play at second base is that the second baseman and shortstop have that play in front of them. They yeah, can see that brace that player themselves. coming at them. They can brace themselves. Whatever it takes, they can, they can jump the player. They can spike the ball into the ground to protect themselves. A catcher in that situation doesn't have the benefit of his peripheral to see Anthony Rizzo coming for his back leg. Now, my only problem with it was, like, I, I I'm okay with fringe play. I'm okay with breaking up double plays. You don't want anyone to get hurt, and, and it looked like the catcher in that situation was all right at the end of the at the end of the day. But I just don't like the timing of it. I don't like how late Rizzo's slide was there.
0: No, I, I I'm totally with you, and you actually you took the point I was going to make about the the double play ball there. Like I've, I've heard so many people say, well, it's you know he's just breaking up a double play. It's the same thing as it is mm-hmm. second basic. It, it's not. He, you know, Diaz had no idea it was coming. His back was turned the other way. He's thrown back to first base, and then all of a sudden, someone comes and you know takes out his back leg. There's no time to brace for that. There's no time to really prepare your body for that and kind of you know cover yourself up. Um, but yeah. again, you, you hit it on the head with the the angle we have isn't great, but the angle we have looks pretty damning. I mean, I know it's technically yeah, but legal. I don't think. And maybe I don't it's, think it's
1: a play that exactly. It's technically legal. It's technically I don't think legal it's a play but that requires any sort of. Uh, any sort of uh, reprimanding or any sort of fine no, or suspension from the league.
0: I don't. E- I don't either because it's it is legal. It is within the rules. But at the, Rizzo said it himself. If you know if they did that to Contreras, he'd have been upset. Yeah. He probably deserves a ball between the numbers Today, I would think.
1: Let the game police itself. Yeah. And let's, I mean, let's that, move on. And uh, I there's know no suspension. This, there's no
0: fine. But there's, there's, you can be legal and dirty, I guess, is, is what I'm kind of getting. Exactly. At. There, there, you, you can baseball, be both. It's okay.
1: Baseball is a game. Baseball is the game with the biggest gray area. I think that, that there are many rules that can be bent and many situations that, um, don't have a clear application of the rule in baseball. And it's, um, you get a lot of situations like this, and then today, when Rizzo takes one between the fours, uh, we start having the conversation of uh, this game needs to be policed better, and this and that. And I don't believe it to be such. I think that th- these things have a way of figuring themselves out. It wasn't egregious, was it? Um, was it dangerous? Absolutely, but uh, I don't think that anything beyond uh, anything beyond uh, a little bit of um, a little bit of on-field policing is required.
0: Now, to, maybe we'll move on here and talk a little bit more on the actual game on the field type stuff here for the Cubs. Joe, I want to ask you about their pitching a little bit. Did you get to watch the Sunday night game at all? I know they're playing your Giants out there. I know it was on during game seven. Did you get to see any of that one? Chatwood's get, last
1: start. I did not uh, I did not catch the Sunday night game that was uh we were we were doing some some Memorial Day celebrating figured, at the Figured time.
0: that was the case um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. obviously you Darvish was scratched from that start. we can talk about you know, the the, the Darvish panic meter which I know we've talked about a couple times here chatwood <laughs> pitched and <laughs> regular chatwood, on the podcast here Chatwood was terrible couldn't find the zone I know he only up let up like three earned but he only lasted like two and two-thirds inning then Mike Montgomery yesterday came out and gave you five and two thirds a two hit ball and was pretty dominant so mm-hmm. I mean, you're probably going to see Montgomery get two-ish more starts while Darvish is on the DL. If he keeps doing stuff like that and Chatwood's still not able to find his own, do you have to make that switch in the rotation? Maybe not permanently, but maybe throw Chatwood back in the bullpen and say, hey, go figure yourself out, go figure out how to throw strikes, and you'll earn your way back in this rotation. Because Mike Montgomery's... If he does that a couple more times, he's been a model of consistency for the Cubs at the back end of that rotation, and that's kind of what you're looking for from a fifth guy. You're not really looking for a high-risk, high-reward kind of guy.
1: Yeah, and that fifth guy isn't going to play the biggest role down the stretch or in the playoffs in the postseason, and I think, if anything, if you can get all of these guys to start playing consistent baseball and hitting their spots, then it's nothing but an option for Joe Madden. and you know how much Joe Madden loves an option. He loves
0: his options, Joe.
1: So I I don't think that— So quirky and fun. I think you want to have the problem of too many guys performing, not uh, trying well, to figure out who yes. are the four guys that can perform.
0: <laughs> well, it seems like they might be having a little bit of that issue. Wait, are, are, you, yeah. are you are you a little bit uh, on the Darvish panic meter now that he's got the, the sore triceps, scratch from another start? You know, this, I mean, this, this coming I've off a recent on, DL, shift that, the DL stint that they said I've, was the flu, but now I'm starting to think I've, maybe it wasn't exactly the flu. I've
1: been on the panic meter since they overpaid for him. That's and,
0: true.
1: And it was it was a situation of why not give this money to a guy in Arietta where i forget what was the age difference 2 years 3 years i, something I only like thought that that between actually, Darvish. i think it's only
0: 1 i think Darius one is 32 year, Darvish is 31
1: 1 year and if you look at their total career innings uh, you know they essentially said we see a higher ceiling we see more longevity in this guy and we're going to pay him even more money than we would have had to pay a guy in Jake Arietta who has been a cornerstone of our franchise and, um, and really built this success we've had over the last two, three seasons and uh, been a Cy Young award winner and all of those things. And they go the other way. I didn't agree with it from jump street. So is any of this surprising me? Maybe not. You know, you Darvish is, is facing a whole new group of hitters now in a new division in a new league. And he hasn't been able to settle down. How the injuries factor into that? I don't know. Is it a little bit mental, perhaps? But um, if makes a guy's a having tricep, mental. if a guy's having tricep issues, whether they are rooted in mental or physical ailment, that's not a good thing.
0: No, a lot of times you hear Tommy John following tricep injuries, uh, tricep yeah. issues, all that kind of stuff. So, kind of makes you wonder where he is there. But and,
1: and you better believe that they're monitoring it behind. What did they put him on the ten day? He's on the ten day. Yeah, you better believe that the 60-day isn't far off because this happened out here with Johnny Cueto earlier this season. He had swelling in his tricep, a little bit around the elbow. They started talking, perhaps, they're going to do 10 days, reevaluate, take him to James Andrews, see if he needs Tommy John. Luckily, he didn't, but they put him on the 60-day. They said he can't throw for the next 30 days and he shouldn't be throwing any more than Twenty pitches beyond that, you know, you you, you got to get him right. So don't be surprised if you Darvish goes to a longer disabled list uh, assignment here.
0: I mean, if Darvish, say he does go on the 60-day DL, he does actually have some triceps issues, and they, they have to sh- shelve him for, you know, two months, and you, you have a guy like Chatwood who's underperforming, I, I think at that point the whole debate, should we go trade for Manny Machado, kind of goes out the window. I think at that yeah. point your issue is we need to go out Let's and get go pitching get an arm. Huh? which I think yeah. – I know everybody jokes and Cubs fans like to say, you know, it's Theo's league and we're all just living in it here, but he kind of has to make up for what look like two mistakes right now. If if Darvish is out and, and Chatwood is living up, he has to go you know, dig deeper into that farm system, maybe even that major league roster to go find themselves another pitcher. And he's going to have to compete. With you know the likes of the Yankees and you know the the top end type teams who have deeper prospect to try out and go you know get those guys because this mm-hmm. rotation as it stands right now if, if this is who they go in the playoffs with Lester's real good Hendricks yeah. is real good and after that you have no idea what you have in anybody yep and, and that's even commodities
1: win championships yeah we, I mean it's just
0: it seems how many like, times
1: how many times in the past have we and I know this would take a little bit of research, but how many times in, in, in the recent World Series has there been a guy who emerges in the playoff as an ace? Usually that emergence happens somewhere around the All-Star break or mm-hmm. before. You know, you, you go into it with your forearms. Maybe a guy performs outside of his expected ceiling or uh, or above his talent level. Usually those guys don't in, think the see in the playoffs are born in the Yeah, you don't see an emergence in the postseason. Mm-hmm.
0: So they're, they got, I mean... They have some work to do there in in the Vegas rotation. No I
1: think Vegas. I looked
0: at it last week, and I think Vegas
1: still had them as the favorite out of the NL, which which well, I could, didn't understand.
0: Honestly, though, Joe, if you look around the NL, like what's yeah. what's kind of their biggest threat? Washington, we we said Washington, maybe, but they're yeah. not playing all that well right now. The Dodgers are under five hundred. They were my World Series pick out of the NL. They don't injuries don't look very and, good. Yeah, you know, they're 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 all banged up. Corey Seager not coming back this year. Uh, in mm-hmm. that division, I know Milwaukee's playing well, but Milwaukee can't mentally get over at the Cubs. And if they meet in the playoffs, I would put a lot of money on the Cubs to win that series. I feel like there's no a, there's no team in the NL that really jumps out to me as you know this scary big threat. I mean, yeah. may, maybe San Francisco if their pitching gets really healthy, if Cueto and Bumgarner are firing on all cylinders, that might be because. the team. But they got to get to the
1: playoffs. Yeah, but that division's trash right now. You're looking at a division that uh, weird. 500 is leading the division right it's
0: now. It's weird because we came into the you know this season thinking like, oh, you know, the Dodgers are going to be really good. The Rockies are you know up and coming. They got a nice lineup. Their pitching's yeah. coming around. The Giants, we, we thought that division might be the best in the NL, and now it's looking like kind of a bunch of crap.
1: But like garbage. Yeah, there you like go. Garbage. Well, it seems like a grievance for all of those fans, Matt. Do you have a grievance for us?
0: I do. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances.
1: I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. You can't handle the truth. Boy, have you lost your mind, because I'll help you find it. I feel like I'm taking
0: crazy pills.
1: I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.
0: Okay, I've talked about this before. Um, This is a few months ago. Uh, This is going to be a food-related grievance, Joe, if you're okay with that. Ah, lovely. Um, I don't know if you remember, a couple months ago, I, I went on a rant about Oreos and the, okay. the new flavors that they flavors, were coming I out. I believe, with. yeah. It was too many. Yeah. Now they're just getting. I don't like the. A, like they're, they're still coming out with too many flavors, but I saw this scrolling through Twitter or whatever. what was one of those ads or, you know, mm-hmm. video, whatever. Their, their newest flavor is chocolate peanut butter pie. Mm. Correct me if I'm wrong, Joe. They came out with peanut butter Oreos like two years ago. Yeah, they have the same. Are you googling something right now? What are you talking? Uh, about? Yeah, I was I was getting in on some uh, some Oreo. Okay, I liked it. I was hoping so. <laughs> I was hoping you'd get in on but I just feel like they're 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 reaching here. They're lit. some of the flavors they're coming up with that I had a problem with. Rocky Road. Okay, that's okay. That's fine. They're they're releasing another set of Peeps Oreos. I saw um, Pina Colada Kettle Corn. This yep. is awful. This is lazy. Yep. It's terrible. Just give me the classic and, and stick to what works. You don't have to come... I know the whole thing is, hey, let's make new flavors every week and try and get people to buy this stuff, but stick to the classic, Joe. Stick with, you, see, stick with what you do well. See, buddy. the classic
1: The classic's always going to be there, though, Matt. The but thing they, is they, that then if you're going to come up with new stuff, be, if you're going to come up with no, new stuff, don't large, recycle
0: flavors. Don't recycle there flavors. There must
1: be a large Oreo following that regardless of what the new flavor is, they will try it, and I will... I will regrettingly say that a couple of weeks ago, I tried a couple of the new flavors because anytime there's a promotion, they send them to the station and then they oh, well, that's table different. Where, where they send promo stuff, but they were disgusting. I tried what kettle flavor? corn. It was, Get kettle, corn out was of o- here. kettle corn was okay. I also tried pina colada. I'm not a big coconut guy. So that doesn't uh, sound good. From, to, like, I don't mind. It like, wasn't great. The worst thing I've, I've put in my mouth. Pause. The worst thing that <laughs> the worst thing that I've eaten in a long time Thank you. was the Cherry Cola Oreo. That sounds it, disgusting. It has pop rocks in it too, and I did not know that. So like I they try that, to simulate I carbonation. I thought it immediately I immediately had a toothache, it felt like, and the flavor was disgusting. It was you know, I love an Oreo, but they they might uh they might be taking it too far. I do agree with you. I right.
0: know, like, I'm okay with coming up with new stuff, but like we don't need this new stuff every week. Like sit down for a couple months and just come up with you know two or three that are really good don't Mm -hmm. throw out seven or eight every month and hope one of them sticks because i don't think that's that's not a good way to go about doing things you're going to make your customers upset we're both fans of oreo we're both upset with them right now yeah i think that's uh, that's just i not good they're bothering me i'm sorry that's my rant (laughs) that's my grievance every once in a while i feel like i have to put oreo back in their place
1: I think uh, I think it was well received, and the people at Nabisco uh, have been
0: put on notice. Yeah, so. they they definitely listen to this podcast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, uh, as we said at the beginning of the pod, uh, no uh, no buy or sell today. So we're going to jump I, right into in. Can the I mail ask you a bag. question
0: before the mailbag, Joe? It's a very I, important I, question.
1: I I would hope that when you have questions, you just bring them to me. That's yeah, kind of this forum.
0: Was an important question. I I wanted to see. Did, did your mother have a nice time out there visiting you? Oh, we had. A, did we you have a, a great time? Trip. That's, That's what I wanted to ask. I wanted to make sure that uh, Mama Muso had had a great time out
1: there visiting Joe. Deb, Deb came out here to NorCal, we showed her the ropes, we uh, we played 18 up in Napa, had had a couple nice glasses of vino, oh. uh, nice, came back to Sacramento that night, nice dinner, uh, after that we, what did we do, Friday we went into San Francisco, drove over How all far is San Napa Francisco. from you? Napa's is about 40 minutes from the front door. Oh, that's not uh, bad at all. Bay Area is about an hour ten all the way into downtown San Francisco is about an hour and a half hour thirty five which it's all very doable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so went into San Francisco did a little did a little shopping uh, sightseeing went over to the Golden Gate Bridge had a lovely little lunch under the Golden Gate Bridge uh, it was a it was a fantastic time with my mother.
0: What'd you what'd you get shopping? What'd you buy? Uh, were you just new suit? New suit soon come. All right. Wow.
1: Just, just believe that there, there's a new gray going into the repertoire. So uh, for a for new the, gray. What well, we got? Like a
0: lighter gray. We got a darker gray. Lighter gray. No, lighter, I like lighter. the light gray. Lighter look, because so.
1: what you learn too uh, on television is that every color is going to show up a little darker. So dark grays look like blacks. Um, browns look like dark grays. So you got to go light gray if you really want to get that light gray. And blues, the navy, you can get lost in navy. That'll start looking black as well. So you want to go with a French blue, a lighter blue as well, if you really want that color to pop. What is French a French blue? French blue is like a, it's like a super... Like an indigo? A, a vibrant. No, not an indigo. That's too dark. It's like a vibrant blue. It's a very... Search for French blue. It's, I'll search uh, French it's what blue. You what you need you need a couple french blues in there um so yeah uh, i did a little suit shopping oh that's myself. light mom was that is very mom light was looking yeah yeah it's mom almost like a baby for, blue. Uh, yeah yeah just a eh, little bluer than baby blue a little, little bit bluer, bluer than oh, baby blue, I'd, call but it, I'd call it i'd call it an, an electric blue it's more carolina it than duke if, if yes yeah, uh, yes it's right between carolina if google, if it's google, if google it's right there on tobacco road if, yeah, if google is right telling me on, the truth
0: it's much more carolina than duke let me. I'm googling French blue now. French yeah. blue. This is great podcasting. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's more Carolina than Duke. It's 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 sixty forty Carolina.
1: All right. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. But that's Thank what you, you need because it's going to bring you back down to a fifty fifty, if not a sixty forty, the other way on camera. you? You what be really nice
0: make. if huh. you if you got me a French blue suit as like a podcasting gift.
1: I don't. I'm not going to do that. Why I do that? I'll I'll, I'll repay because I'll repay your your T shirt gesture that you, that you made to me that you sent me a T shirt. I'll buy you a T shirt. I see something that really screams Matt Rooney. But, okay, uh,
0: I can live with that. I don't know. I don't
1: know if I can. Uh, I don't know if I can. You know, and it's it's. I got to get your measurements. We got to get you. We got to get you tailored. It's a whole thing. You know. It's true. Maybe I'll come out thing. there. Yeah. Then we'll then we'll talk. Okay. Then we'll talk. Then we'll talk. <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, uh, let's jump into this mailbag here. Why don't you lead us off? I know you had a couple good ones.
0: <laughs> okay. So my first one. Um, seeing that we have an NBA Finals rematch for the fourth consecutive year Joe yes what is the one playoff rematch any sport can be college can be pro whatever that you wish you got to see that we got you know robbed of didn't get to see whatever that never kind of came to fruition
1: well if it never came to fruition that's one thing but In years past, I really can't get enough of these Auburn Clemson matchups. That those have been fantastic. Uh, I'd love to see that rematch again. Alabama, those teams. Uh, Alabama, pardon me, not Auburn. Auburn Clemson Um, played some great regular season. They
0: played some great regular season (laughs) games. They did. They did. But
1: uh, Alabama Clemson is is what I was leaning towards. But one that we never saw, one that never came to fruition. I wish, regardless of the team, I wish the Blackhawks would have gotten another chance to make Roberto Luongo's life a living hell. That That was always fun for me. so any any matchup that that could have uh, been built around, I'd go for that, I think.
0: Uh, that's that's a good one. i i I have two as well. One of them also centers around the Blackhawks. Um, mm-hmm. I was a little bit upset. we never got to see Blackhawks Kings round three. Yeah, uh, I thought, yeah. you know, I know After the way that ended to uh, in just in, uh, in, 13, right. in 13 that was I know the Hawks won in five, but all five games were fantastic hockey games uh, mm-hmm. game in 14. The, the Kings obviously won in game seven, but that was not just Chicago. People say national people hockey. People say that was the probably the best series in Stanley Cup playoff history. I think we, we saw the greatest seven game series back and forth hockey of all time. And and I think that next year, you know, after coming off the cup, they had some injuries. Um, the Kings were, were never really able they, they had that cup hangover. They weren't really able to get themselves back. They, they missed out on the playoffs by a point or two that year. And I think we got robbed of the rubber match. Obviously the Hawks kind of went on to, uh, to go on, and win the cup that year. So I'm fine with that part of it, but I would have liked to see those two teams for two years, were head and shoulders so much better than everybody else. I'd have loved to see them get one more shot to kind of, you know, one-on-one who was the better team, you know, throughout that that age, whatever. And the other one I have, I'd love to see a healthy Derrick Rose and that group get another crack at the heat. Um, I know that one's been brought up. They they were on that path until D. Rose obviously got hurt in game one, I think it was against Philly. Um, But if that team stays healthy, I, I think they were built to maybe not win that series, but make it competitive and make that one, you know, they they were probably the team from the East that had the best chance to give Miami a run for their money throughout.
1: Yeah, that, that four-year Yeah, but at stretch. the same time, I think in your two examples there, the uh, the Hawks Kings matchup could have in ten different matchups could have bore ten different outcomes. You know, I, it, I think I think that there's a chance that the Blackhawks change. Uh, have a bit of revisionist history there. Hmm. I think that ten times out of ten, the the pardon me, the, the heat that heat team finds a way to beat the Bulls.
0: I, I just always would have gone seemed, with the Bulls. Maybe he played series ten times. The Bulls maybe figure out. What, I'm, I'm with I'm with one two, but would, you know what the, I'm the Bulls would likely you all know, likelihood would have not won that series, but. They were again like I said they were the you know the one kind of team from the east I thought through that four-year stretch that was built to at least give Miami you know a run for their money and give them a shot otherwise they pretty much mm-hmm. pretty uncontested with the exception I think Boston that one year um, you know through that East so that that's the one I like yeah. to like but you head over to it, Blackhawks Kings round three that that rubber match was and that was way and, on top cause, of my
1: list because round two uh, was the one that prevented the that would have been a 3 Stone
0: Dynasty. That, that would have been a three-piece. Right there. Yeah, they would have. Yeah. They would have absolutely won that. I mean, that because I remember at the time the Rangers had just gone to the Stanley Cup and it is it was one of those years where the West was head and shoulders so much better, better than, than the game. East and everybody watching kind of knew that Hawks Kings was the Stanley cup final. Well, like and the Kings went on to kind of roll the Rangers. They, they, they did think jumped out to a three Oh lead. The Rangers stole one at home before going back to LA. And then you know, the, the Kings won in five pretty easily. So I think they kind of lived up to that hype, but that one kind of was the Stanley cup and would have liked to see one more through the, from, from those two. Yeah, if only, if but only. Matt. we won well, in fifteen, uh, so that's fine.
1: I got a nice, uh, I got, I got a nice one out of the mailbag here for you as well, Matt. Um, now it, it is most definitely hashtag courtside season. You, you, last night oh. you saw, you saw Travis Scott and and uh, Ke- was it Kylie Jenner uh, down there uh, courtside? A couple nights ago you had uh, JJ Watt sitting on top of uh, Justin Timberlake. You could barely see Justin. I got a good kick out of that one, but. Um, it's, it's the time of year when all the faces come out courtside. You got one ticket. Somehow you come into one ticket at the NBA Finals. No, two- you don't get three tickets. You don't get two tickets because it's you, and then you're, you're, you have two celebrities on each side of you. Who are you sitting between at the NBA Finals? Your ideal uh, wedged between two people situation. You can take all things into account here. Male, female. Uh, size? Would you like to be comfortable? Would you like someone petite next to you? What What are you looking for?
0: I've, I uh, I kind of forgot about this one, and I hadn't been thinking about it much for the last hour. <laughs> for being honest with you, um, I mean, I this might be whatever I, I think one of them has to be Jack Nicholson. I think one is I think yeah, one that's, is, that's, think one not, is yeah. me me at L A me in L A, and I'm sitting next to I'm I think I got Jack on one side. of I me mean, just because that's such an iconic you know, shot seat, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that let me, let me hear your two while I'm thinking about my last one.
1: Now I know I have my one, you gotta have, you gotta go female one side or, or whatever your, uh, whatever your interest is, but I go female one side because, uh, the tabloids immediately, the next yeah. night. Joe Musso seen next to fill in the blank here. So on the one side, I think I'm going Olivia Munn. I don't know how big of a, I don't know how big of an NBA fan she is, uh, but I love we'll Olivia go Mun. Olivia Munn, or uh, or we could go as a backup. There, I know she's a big uh, a big NBA fan. She's been seen courtside a whole bunch. Uh, what's the Hadid? Uh, not Gigi, uh, Bella Hadid. We're gonna do be Bella Hadid or Olivia Munn on one side, and on the other side you know you could go you could go billionaire you could you could sit jerry jones there but that might be you don't want uh, that press sometimes could be, prob- could
0: be problematic
1: <laughs> could be problematic or uh, i think i go another athlete like another uh, someone who's performed at, at a high level in another sport um put me next to uh olivia we could go super awkward olivia munn on one side aaron Rodgers on the other yeah but then you gotta and spend time like, with aaron rogers and you're the wedge between yeah but i'd be like that wouldn't be the worst thing but in the world you think i'd bring
0: mitch trubisky joe
1: or yeah. A Mitch Trubisky or, yeah, podcast. yeah, yeah. We'll do uh we'll do oh no, this is what we do. This is what we do. Olivia Munn on one side, Odell Beckham on the other. You know, you know you're in the you're smack dab in the middle of, of the picture right there.
0: Okay. I think I'm gonna go Scarlett Johansson on the other side. Okay. Then we'll go Scarlett okay. Joe. <laughs> Scarjo and Scar, Scar Joe and Jack
1: Nicholson. Scar Joe and Jack Nicholson. I think that's a, that. you can't you can't go wrong.
0: Plus what that's I pleasure. like about that, I with having Jack on my left there is uh-huh. if i'm you know sitting next to Scarlett Johansson i don't have any competition from jack like he's eh, you he, don't know that don't i can probably that.
1: guess you don't know that jack is forgotten about more than you've ever heard of okay that's that man fair. that man is a danger until the casket drops
0: I'm kind of surprised it hasn't <laughs> at this point.
1: Stop. <laughs> you uh, still got to see another Lakers championship.
0: But, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I don't think it'd get much better than, you know, Jack on one side. I mean, it, 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 sitting next to Jack at a Lakers NBA Finals game would be would be pretty epic.
1: That'd be good stuff. Uh, another NBA super fan who I don't know if I'd want to sit next to, but are you familiar with uh, Jimmy Goldstein? No. The guy who wears, like, the crazy – look up Jimmy Goldstein. He's been to every <sighs> NBA Finals game, conference Finals game for the last – Forty years, something crazy like that. He's an NBA super fan. I forget where his money comes
0: from, but he I have is, no uh, idea. I just googled him. I have no idea who this man is. He's Scary looking. I, he I was standing
1: about five feet from him the other night at the Warriors game, and uh, there's an aura about him. There's most definitely an aura about him. But he is uh, a purveyor. He throws like big parties uh, in, in Hollywood. Yeah. He's got a couple crazy houses or something. You know, Justin um,
0: Timberlake wouldn't have been a bad option either. JT, yeah. JT would JT, be like. JT, I know we mentioned him because he's with JJ Watt, and I'm like. JT, you know, an NBA final, that'd be that'd be fun. I think that'd be a lot of JT fun. JT
1: would be fun. Um, I don't think
0: you would go wrong. Is there. JT the most I talented think. all-around person of our kind is of generation? A, is it a it is. is. a bonus by ourselves? It is. I'm just doing it now, but now that I'm thinking about it, the guy can sing, the guy can act. I think he's yeah, he's I a scratch JT's, golfer. I think
1: JT's our renaissance man. Yeah. I think that he's uh, our jack of all trades, but he's also a master of most of them as well. Um, I, I love all. I love most of his movies. You know, uh, he's. I think that's the biggest stretch when it comes to JT. He can obviously sing, he can dance, he can entertain, he can host SNL, he can do all that. But the the in theater movie acting, I think, is is the biggest stretch. And he still does a great job with that. He's our, our modern day uh, our modern day Renaissance man. I think.
0: Can I ask you one more mailbag question? This one's for me, actually.
1: So me. <laughs> I, I went
0: to Starbucks uh, before the podcast here to get some coffee and they're mm-hmm. they're advertising not, this.
1: that's not like you but go ahead.
0: it's very like me i do that all the time
1: yeah um, but i see you as more of a duncan guy man you're like salt of the earth
0: uh no i've started going to starbucks more often uh duncan especially in the summer i think the the starbucks iced coffee products their options are much better much uh, when, better, it, when yeah. it's winter and i'm more of like a, a hot coffee kind of guy I, I go through my Dunkin' kicks no doubt about it Good. um but, so they're advertising these things with you know the, like cold foam stuff and like putting foam mm-hmm. on top of the coffee. Why do I want foam on my coffee? Because every um, drink I've ever had, poured, whatever, the goal has been to avoid the foam. And I got one of these one time with the foam, thinking like, oh, maybe this is different. Maybe this is like good foam. And I drink it. Not, it's
1: foam. Not on an ice drink. What ice drink are you getting with foam on top? It's called uh, cold foam something or other. I don't know. Yeah, no. You just got to go with an iced coffee or a cold brew there.
0: Yeah, or but like a, a I don't get like auto doesn't even come with the foam. What's the point of advertising the foam? Of Why the do foam? I want foam? I think it's um. You're you're a more sophisticated a a coffee foam? guy than I am, so I figured you yeah, probably know. I think, know I think it's a, I think it's a a textural
1: thing, a, a palate enhancer. You know, you you feel it on the upper lip. You get a little foam on the upper lip. You feel. You feel fancy you feel like you're doing something i've only seen foam on warm drinks though a nice yeah. latte
0: with a foam on top but you can uh, yeah. google starbucks keep cold your, foam and it'll it'll, yeah. it'll come on. keep yeah. your
1: keep your foam off my cold drinks okay,
0: okay so, so i guess we're on the same page here i just I didn't again. really pause again no <laughs> we do not edit things out of this podcast show that is my oh, uh, that's my goodness. promise to the people
1: you're on a did roll have, this morning uh, did we have one more mailbag
0: uh did we I think you sent me two before the show right didn't i advertise oh yeah you know this one's also from me joe i'm going on a bachelor party this weekend we're heading out to lake ah, tahoe that and, was a, um, mm-hmm. you know you mm-hmm. uh you coming know, out so, to lake tahoe not you're
1: flying into sacramento yet you're not making time to have lunch with me. oh that's interesting me, here let
0: me pull up this text message i'm pull gonna up read the text this message. To you. pull up the text message I, I, i'm absolutely going to pull it up to you <laughs> uh hold on i gotta scroll okay it's not showing i gotta pull up my phone i was pulling up my my laptop this is great radio again guys great good stuff so how was your weekend all right hold on also i just scroll through i went back through our our idea of taking away dribbling Mm -hmm. and basketball and turning it into rugby with the team getting a wedge breaker per team yes love that yeah so if the league wants to call us that's patent pending. You said, when do you fly into Sacramento? I said, like, 10.30 is Thursday morning. Unsure about meeting up at the moment. Still don't know about how big of a group I'm transporting. So I was delaying. Yeah, and so then you, you said out. No, no, you're no, no no, 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 no. I said, I need to you see who I'm taking in. And then you said, mm-hmm. gotcha. Probably won't work. Going to be headed to Oakland for game one. I said, ah, getting big time. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So, and yeah, you big time. Continue so, to read.
1: Continue to read. Well, it's not my read. fault
0: I'm flying out of a
1: different airport. Well, who who told you to fly out of Reno? You know that's not safe. The group first told. Of all. The group told me. Yeah, yeah. We need you flying out of how, Sacramento. How many times do so I have to tell you, some, you? I'm a follower, not a leader. In. We get some golf in. We get a nice lunch, but now you're flying out of Reno. You know, so. honestly,
0: in, in hindsight, I thought I had to work Monday. I apparently don't. I'm off. I probably could have just stayed out and and, and hung mm-hmm. out on mm-hmm. on Monday mm-hmm. and then flew out mm-hmm. Monday night. But you know, mm-hmm. you, you can't win them mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's the mailbag question? Oh, uh, I wanted some bachelor. What are your what are your bachelor party tips, advice? How do How do you attack the bachelor party? It's a longer weekend here. We're not uh, we're, we're we're not old, but we're not quite college kids anymore. So you, you've been on a couple here recently. What are What are some advice for the people for me about a a week long weekend bachelor party, Joe? Give me some. Well, tips. yeah,
1: that's that's the big thing is that it, it's a destination a destination bachelor party. So you know you're going to have to bring the heat for an extended amount of time it's not one night you can't you can't go uh, all gas no brakes the whole time so i guess my one piece of major advice and it's going to be a lame piece of advice okay mix in a water mix i'm, a I'm water. actually all for that every couple every couple drinks you mix in a water uh, you know I've, I've never seen anyone happier than uh what was it spring break it was like day six everyone's just dehydrated still sucking down beers and i showed up with like I went to the bar, got myself a beer and like 15 waters or 10 waters and had them all under my arm. And I showed back up to our area with them. People thought I was Jesus. I looked like Jesus. Everyone was blackout drunk, so don't but they thought, they thought I was the Lord and Savior because of the the level of dehydration. So I need you to mix in a water every few drinks that'll really allow you to stretch stretch those hours. It'll keep you up later. It'll keep you fluid. You know, you just got to. You got to make a couple trips to the bath and a couple extra trips to the bathroom, but you're, you're going to thank me, you know. So I like just that. mixing yeah. a water. I guess would be my only uh, mixing a water and uh, and whatever, whatever. If you if it's a, a yes or no answer, always say yes. You know, should yeah. we do oh, yeah. yes? Should it's, we yes? It's
0: always a yes. it's as I as I told you earlier, not long ago. I'm a follower, not a leader, mm. so I will mm-hmm. very much just kind of be going with the group this weekend, and, and I kind of like. I also like that it's a longer weekend. So mm-hmm. we, everything, we're, we're not going to feel, a bit. yeah, we're not going to feel the need to like you know, hey, we got to cram everything in this short amount of time. You can yeah, take an support, hour or two wait. to just kind of you know hang out, like let's let's regroup, regather. You don't feel the pressure to jump right into everything you are doing. If that makes sense, we, we buried the lead here.
1: A major congratulations to valued listener uh, and cousin of the pod, uh, B runes. Now uh, this is this is going to be a fun one. And, it, um, it, it
0: should be a fun, we got, it's a very familiar crew. Uh, to yeah, each. I was going to say, give me, give me the, give me the rundown here. You got uh, cat. Ca- I need
1: casting characters. I need uh what's on the docket. Is there golf happening? What's going on?
0: So we, uh, Gino, who, you know, um, yes, sent, sent out I'm a nice familiar. little, uh, sent out a nice, nice itinerary for the, for the, um, if Gino is a best man planning
1: a wedding weekend, just that's exactly what you need. You, you guys are already going to have luckily, we got time.
0: we Luckily, he's got two best men. Gino and Johnny are the co-best yes, men. So yeah. we got two so, people attacking this, and yeah. I feel very secure and safe in, in their planning abilities. Oh, yeah. Now you guys are going to have a blast. Uh, we kind of just got some arriving, hanging out on Thursday night. We got you know, NBA that. finals. You we, we got a nice big cabin that we rented. So I'm going to guess wheels. that Thursday is going to be, you know, we're, we're going to hang out at the cabin. You know, barbecue, get get some beers, and just have a real nice night there. And then I think we got some golf Friday. We got Ooh. casinos Friday, Saturday. We're doing a little bit of a bar crawl, I believe. Nice. And uh, you know, Sunday, you know, we, we don't have to be out too early. Just kind of wake up and and, and, get, and get going. But I'm excited, Sweet. Joe. We got uh, you, the both uh, Gino and Johnny are going. We got my brother Mike is going. We got uh, uh, my cousin Reed, who you also know, and his brother going to be there. And then uh, from, nice. from Wesley, and we got uh, Sam Frankus. Dayton Burnett and Bo Laner. Beautiful. We got a nice, beautiful Wesleyan guy. We got a nice little crew coming out, and so, it, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, so
1: I guess I had my my main piece of advice was, um, obviously, mix in a water. I guess if I could now, now knowing the cast, my second piece of advice would be hide all of Prankus's shirts because he's going to take them off anyway. Yeah, so that's he's fair. Gonna be, he's going to be shirtless at all times. I was just going to say, uh, that
0: follow Sam. I think that's, I think that's a good recipe yeah, for a good weekend. Sam, it's just kind of, just kind of be where Sam is. And I think we're going to end up having ourselves a pretty good weekend. Well, uh, give, <laughs> give them all my best. I will absolutely do that, Joseph. All right. Well, uh, that I think you got to shut Moose down M- then, right?
1: Yeah, that does it for the Moose and Rins podcast, episode fifty-eight. There um, you go. Thank you, Matt. As always, it's a blast, and uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the pod. We hope you guys are enjoying these playoff stretches. And uh, without further ado, j- Matt, one, you got one, one
0: quick thing before we you do shut it down, I, I wanted to bring this up, and I just saw it on Twitter it reminded me. Uh, it doesn't look mm-hmm. like they're going to pull it off in Game Three here. But uh, the Illinois Wesleyan softball team, Joe, the the girls' softball team, made a Cinderella run to the the National Championship Series. They're, They're down two headed into the last inning. So it, it, it doesn't look like they're going to get it done But they, they had a nice comeback win yesterday Forced against apparently a powerhouse softball team Virginia Wesleyan So it, it, it's always nice to see, see the alma mater doing, doing big things, especially athletically And uh, I, I, I doubt we have many of those girls Listening to this, but, but congrats to all the Wesleyan people That's a, that's a hell of an accomplishment you know, National championship in any sport Win or lose is, uh, is pretty fantastic
1: always, always a great day to be a Titan
0: Couldn't have said it better myself Alright, hit the music Shut it down Shut it all down.
1: Shut it down. Shut it down.
0: Houston, we have shut down. I've seen enough. Shut it down.
1: Matt, I know we touched on it earlier on in the podcast. Uh we're getting episode four of the Warriors versus the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I know some fans are sick and tired of it. But uh I'm gonna use this shutdown as just an opportunity to open the minds of our listeners here and hopefully um Hopefully make them a little bit more excited for this matchup because I don't know if ever before and I know that never before has it been the same matchup in any one of the major sporting leagues four years straight. Uh, Some might be a little bit tired of that but I think that you could lean the other way and just respect the greatness that is LeBron James and respect the greatness that is the Golden State that R is. Is is the Golden State? Either one. Pardon me. Either way. Both. uh, I think that um, you know sometimes it's hard because it is repetitive and we seek parody as fans. But if you can just step back and look at the longevity of success that one man has given this team, this franchise, and two franchises, uh, it's absolutely remarkable what LeBron James has done. Is it as remarkable what the Warriors have done? Not so much, just because, you know, they went and reloaded and that kept them at the mountain top. And maybe that's a little bit less savory to people. But what we're seeing is historic. Uh, it's not unprecedented because, uh, you know, back in the day, you had the Boston Celtics in 10 straight finals, winning nine of them or whatever whatever that record was. I believe mm-hmm. that's what it was, but uh, not unprecedented. But at the same time, extremely, extremely impressive. Uh, and I'm always one to applaud greatness rather than tear it down. I'm uh, I'm very excited for episode four of the Warriors and the Cavaliers. With that, we say thank you to the viewers as always. Hit us up on Twitter. Send us those mailbag questions. We love them, and uh, we hope to talk to you guys soon. For Matt Rooney, I'm Joe Musso. Peace. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. Chicken on steak was phenomenal.